Big Rap Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, providing everything you'd need to hit the circle or the big stage. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. <laughs> wow, what a week that was in the piping scene, hey? <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about, and uh, yeah, we've also got quite an interesting topic of the week this week, where we're focusing all on weekly drones, so it's going to be a good show. Now, as I've said, we've a lot to unpack, so let's fly through it, shall we? Uh, the news and updates on this week's episode will be kept to a minimum because we literally have so many uh, weekly drones to get through. So no doubt we'll be playing catch-up next week on some of the news and updates. But there are some huge topic areas that we just need to talk about, so we're about to get into all of it. So, by way of introduction, this is the Big Rab Show podcast. How you doing? <laughs> we are the show for the bagpiping folk, reflecting everything in the bagpiping world, be it Celtic music, folk music, or indeed our bread and butter, competitive piping and drumming. Each and every week we're here, thumping out the bagpiping goodness, and uh, yeah, like every other podcast out there, we do have a Patreon, so if you would like to, you can check out the show notes, and we have links there and everything where you can go and click on support and get your mitts on all of that extra goodness. Yes, and trust me, <clears throat> now has never been a better time there's all of the stuff that we captured during world's week and pipe and live that's all still there uh but in the coming weeks actually you're going to have some early access to some future episodes and that's all i'm going to say uh, but trust me there's some big interviews in there um that you're going to want to get your mitts on early trust me uh, there's some real nuggets to come in there for patreon subs so if you do want to help support us you can do yeah, go over there, click support, and yeah, keep the wheels turning here. Indeed. All right. So, introduction, plug the Patreon, all that stuff, done. Now, <laughs> let's get under listener mail, shall we? Now, of course, um, following this past weekend, we got a wealth of listener mail. Now, our address has never changed, bigrabshow at gmail.com. That address again, bigrabshow at gmail. Dot com And let's just say, after the World Solo Drumming Championships, we got a wealth of emails. A lot. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to quote some of them here. A lot of you didn't want your emails read out on the show, understandably. A lot of them, very controversial. And a lot of you were just sort of venting, I feel. And a lot of these actually came to us on the Big Rab Show like very late on Saturday night. So we're thinking... Possibly a lot of these emails were uh, typed up under the influence, perhaps, you know, when people have had a chance to have a few pints after the world solos and then decided, I'm going to email Rab about this. And I think that's exactly what happened. So don't worry, folks, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to read out your emails because some people did email the next day and said, uh, Rab, maybe don't read that. Uh, so, yep, okay, I'm going to save some blushes, okay? I'm not going to read out those embarrassing ones. But just to paraphrase, okay? <clears throat> To quote, uh, they couldn't organize a beep up in a brewery. Yeah, that was one of them. Um, another one was, oh, come on, for beep, beep, beep. Yeah, you get the picture, all right? <laughs> There's a lot of words I can't read here. Uh, but yes, a lot of bleeps are needed, and a lot of people absolutely frustrated and angry, I guess. 
I'm sure you've all seen it by now. The big story where the summaries were published online after the prize giving and everything, and we've crowned our world champion and everything. So congratulations to Kerr McQuillan. Absolutely fantastic result for Kerr. So made up for him. Uh, But yeah, across the second, third, fourth, fifth and sixth positions, there was a bit of a mix-up, it appeared. And this all came to light as soon as the summaries were published online. And then everyone was like scratching their head because um, the fifth and sixth positions seemed to be reversed. And everyone was wondering, hold on, what's happened here? Um, Was the wrong person read out for fifth and the wrong person read out for sixth? It was very confusing. Then very quickly after that, we seen that the summary sheets disappeared from the website had just gone. And then, very shortly after, we got a little statement then. We love a good statement, don't we? We love a statement. Now, all of this would probably hit the news and updates and stuff as later on in the show. But I have to bring this at the very beginning. Because you guys have been emailing about this in your droves. And I just want to summarize all your feelings on this. So, the statement that we got was, We're aware of an error on the results page on the 2023 World Solo Drumming Championships. And it's been caused by an IT issue. Apparently, they were working on it with the team behind the scenes to resolve it as quickly as possible. They did reaffirm that the results on the day are correct, as shared with the compilers, as per the format guide. So, the issue has been caused during the data upload resulting in the website calculation engine returning errors. Yeah. So they apologize for any inconvenience and this temporary issue uh, may cause. So, yes, they have now since refreshed the summaries and they are now up there published correctly. Now, this sparked a whole series of debates and a lot of emails to ourselves in the Big Rab Show. A lot of them disparagingly talking about the RSPBA saying, come on, This is yet another mistake. What is going on? How many errors can they make in one year? Um, So, yes, that is definitely the piping voice out there. And a lot of those emails said just that. However, uh, they did very quickly fix it. And they also, well, there was a lot of talk about it through social media. And a lot of it was explained by people who were on the ground. And they explained that basically to break a tie-break situation in the world solo drumming, the, the preferences are different to the world solo drumming than what they are for pipe bands. And having to explain that to people through social media... That seemed to be a bit of an industry. There was a lot of commentary back and forth on social uh, telling people about this. And no, there was a break and a tie break here. And one preference above another is different from the world solo drumming than it is in the pipe band world. So it was calculated differently. Uh, So different set of rules govern the world solo drumming compared to the rules that govern pipe bands. And whenever you read the article, actually, it was published on pipesdrums.com. A lot of people emailed that to us and said, look, Rab, isn't this terrible? Well, the the rules and everything that are quoted in the Pipes Drums article are in relation to pipe bands. A lot of them don't actually refer to the world of solo drumming. So that, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a difficult one, I guess. But I get, you know, whenever we're reporting news stories and stuff, we always like to kind of, Keep it to the actual facts of the matter. And we did know that at the time, there was utter confusion. A lot of people were like scratching their heads going, what's going on here? Um, What's happening? But thankfully, RSPBA fixed it. And all of the angry emails and everything that we got on this subject, 
Yeah, they didn't take too long to calm down, and a lot of emails then bounced in after that to say, hey, it's good to see it now rectified. We now have the full correct summaries are now published online, and that's it. Storm in a teacup, it's over. It's done. There you are. So we also got a lot of commentary from folks on the actual results, uh, not just from the world's solo snare drumming, but also from the tenor drumming as well, filled with congratulations for people and all of that. So, yeah, we'll unpack the world solos, of course, later in the news and updates. But I just wanted to talk about this summary situation because that seemed to be the majority of our emails this week. Uh, we also got a bunch of emails asking about the Glenfiddich Championships this weekend. We'll chat more about that, of course, in the news and updates, of course. Uh, but, yeah, this weekend's the Glenfiddich Tons of people asking about the live stream and all of that, so we shared out the link and everything to those people who emailed us, so there you are. So I hope that takes care of listener mail this week. It seemed to be mostly on those two topics, if we're honest. Yeah, there you go. So, folks, that's it for listener mail. Uh, You can always send in your own listener mail, as always, bigrabshow at gmail.com. That address again, bigrabshow at gmail.com. Send it in to us, yeah. Alrighty, now, as you might have guessed... As we are focusing this week on Weekly Drone, at this point in the show, we don't have any Weekly Drone, because but that's this week's topic, so we'll just gloss over that fact. But you can submit your own, of course. You can go to the website, thebigrapshow.com, big button, right at the top of the page, and uh, yeah, you can submit your own Weekly Drone. Just a bit way of a shameless plug there. There you go. All right, let's fly on, I reckon. Yeah, you guessed it. It's time for Word of the Week. Word of the Week here on the Big Rapture Podcast. Money. Yeah, this week's Word of the Week is money. Now, for good reason. We do know a lot of people out there in the piping world, especially our bands, are heavily involved in various different fundraising efforts. For a multitude of different reasons. We know this pipe band world does not revolve on thin air but does take a considerable amount of finance to put a band on the grass and there's a lot of bands out there currently fundraising we're seeing tons of uh, like concert announcements and stuff like that which is fantastic we're seeing car boot sales and all of that so there's tons of fundraising efforts for loads of bands all across the world not just here in the uk now seems to be the time not only to put in the winter work learning all your new sets and scores and everything but it also seems to be the time for bands to raise funds so if you are curious at all about any fundraising efforts across the piping scene please do give us a shout here on the big rab show and we'll do our best to point you in the direction of how you can support your own local pipe band yeah now, as well as being Word of the Week being money, uh, well, there's one such news story from a pipe band who is trying their best to raise as much money as possible after extensive damage to their pipe band hall. Yeah, the city of Brechin pipe band suffered really catastrophic damage to their band hall uh, as a result of recent flooding there in Scotland. And they are organising right now a GoFundMe. Now, the band... As I say, this damage has been absolutely catastrophic. They've lost so much in all of this damage. It's, I don't know, it's heartbreaking. Uh, At the moment, they're running a Just Giving page. The band need to to organise 10 grand. (sighs) Yeah, the band need 10 grand to be able to repair the hall and replace 
what was damaged and lost in yeah in the flooding. So it's honestly it's heartbreaking story, and this band has been around now for generations. Uh, I think well, the reading the press release here, eighteen seventy eight, the band was first around. It's a long time. So this is a lot of history lost. So the city of Brecham Pipe Band are asking for you guys out there if you can give one or two pound, five, ten, whatever you can afford, and try and help the band. Yeah recoup their losses and rebuild i guess the entire band hall will now need to be stripped back the electrics completely removed down to the bare walls bare floors and as well as all of their instruments and uniforms and stuff that got damaged as well there's so much here that needs replaced and taken care of so yeah as much as we're talking about word of the week this week we wanted to draw your attention to this just giving uh, we have shared out the link of course on the big rab show socials many times now we're trying to draw as many people's attention to it as possible uh, but yeah a very worthy cause and absolutely heartbreaking to see when pipe bands go through this i guess so hey there you are if you are curious at all and wondering what inspired this week's word of the week Well, yeah, this week's word of the week is money, and there's tons of bands out there that can definitely need your support. And, yeah, shout out to the city of Brechin Pipe Bands. We wish you well on your fundraising efforts, and we really do hope that uh, with help from the local community and from us in the piping scene, that, uh, yeah, you can rebuild and get back out there again and start playing some tunes. There you are. All right. Well, if you do have a suggestion for Word of the Week and that yourself, then of course you can always go and join us on Patreon, where everyone on Patreon there does have a bit of a shout on the show as a executive producer. So, yeah, we take ideas very seriously from our Patreon fa- folks over there. So, yeah, if you do have a suggestion for Word of the Week, then, yeah, join Patreon and then give us a shout. There you go. Okay. Right, I feel I've already covered a couple of news stories already. You know, the the world's solo summary mix-up and all the rest, and now the city of Brechin and their Just Giving page and everything, doing a bit of fundraising there. So, yeah, we've already technically kind of got into it already, but, um, yeah, I think at this point, I think it's time for us to get in to watch the crack. Do you wish piping could be fun again? Bagpipers around the world continue to struggle with their instrument, despite hours of hard work trying to get better. Bagpiping should be fulfilling. Your hard work should pay off, showing improvement and the freedom to express yourself musically. Or why do it? The Dojo University believe every piper should be able to free themselves from musical frustration, proven over more than a decade of successful teaching and accessible anywhere with an internet connection. The Dojo is unlike any other bagpipe learning experience in the world. Let the Dojo channel your enthusiasm into a fun and fulfilling program that will empower you with the knowledge to fall in love with piping all over again. So go to dojouniversity.com forward slash big grab and take advantage of our 30-day free trial of Dojo Premium Membership. Join the global community of students today and rediscover the fun of bagpiping. Dojouniversity.com forward slash big grab for a 30-day free trial. What's the crack this week? Rob, what's the crack this week? Hi Rob, what's the crack this week? Rob, what's the crack this week? 
Rob, what's the crack this week? Rob, what's the crack this week? Rob, what's the crack this week? Rob, what's the crack this week? Hey Rob, what's the crack this week? Okay, time for what's the crack. Well, I talked about it last week briefly, but Project Smock have finally released the details of their second studio album. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that. That's exciting. Plus, we also have to talk about the Radio Scotland Young Traditional Musician of the Year. That's now moved on a little bit, and we have now our finalists. Oh, we're about to get into that too. Of course, as we mentioned, we do have to talk about the World Solo Drumming Championships. Wow, what an incredible event. We'll go through the results, of course, give people a shout out, but just an incredible event. We'll have to talk about that. And, as we previously mentioned, the Glenfiddich Championship, the 50th Glenfiddich Championship, is this weekend. We have to talk about it, obviously. Come on, you know we were going to chat about it. We're going to briefly chat about Stone Mountain Highland Games as well that happened this past weekend. Tons of great piping action there, so, yep, we'll have to chat about that. But, hey, without further ado, I think it's time, yeah, it's time to get into all the news and updates, shall we? McLennan Bagpipes by North Carolina artisan instrument maker Roddy McLennan from Euston, Scotland. Proud supplier of bagpipes, small pipes and chanters to Ali the Piper. One-of-a-kind instruments, crafted from the finest materials, using traditional skills for more than 30 years. Attention to detail and dedication to the highest standards of quality guarantee you a bagpipe which is more than just a musical instrument, but also a work of art. Custom made for you in a variety of wood with the widest range of profiles in the industry. Repair, restoration, replacement, refurbishment services also available. Check out bespokebagpipes.com for more information. McLennan Bagpipes. Born in Scotland, made in the USA. Okay, let's get right into the news without delay. Let's talk about the World Solo Drumming Championship, shall we? Yeah, this event was absolutely packed, I have to say. Huge crowds seemed to turn out for this. However, a lot of the photographs that and videos and stuff that we've seen online can be deceiving. Because, yeah, the crowd was very well spread out around the campus, I have to say. So, at all of the juvenile events, all the tenor events, and of course the seniors as well, there was differing crowd levels throughout. However, at the end, when everybody was together, uh, yeah, announcing the results of the hall was absolutely ram-packed. So, yeah, a bit of a strange event all round. Uh, You know, attendance-wise, you know, it might look on camera that there wasn't too many around, but yeah, trust me, there there was plenty. <laughs> there was a lot. So, well done, I have to say, to all of our competitors. Not just to the drummers, alright, but also to the unsung heroes, to the bagpipers who played for every performance. Well done to everyone. And oh, and shout out to the snare drummers too, uh, for playing for all of the tenor solos as well. Yeah, those guys too sometimes go without a thank you, so well done to all of those guys too. Alright, let's get on to the world solo tenor first of all, shall we? Yeah, well, we've just, we know what the results are, so I'm going to briefly just, uh, like, glance through these, because I'm sure you've probably already seen them by now. So, on to the adult section, MSR, the champion, of course, world tenor drumming solo champion, Cameron Sinclair. 
Yeah, Police Scotland 5 lifting it quite convincingly there. Well done, Cameron. In second place was Jordan Bailey, of course, from Inverarian District. Third was Jill Watson from People's Ford, Boghall and Bathgate. And fourth then was Andrew Elliott from The Mighty FM. Uh, then we had Brianna McDonald from Police Scotland and Federation in fifth. And in sixth spot then we had Iona Underwood from Scottish Power. There you are. Now, for those details and everything and performances, you can go and check on the Big Rab Show socials. We've done our best to share out all of those performances as we've seen them. We've also seen a few uh, from the juvenile selections as well, from both the, the March competitions and the MSRs as well. So juvenile 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5, those are up there as well. You have just a selection of them uh, from what we've managed to gather, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, go along. Big Rab Show on social media, Facebook, all that stuff. We've done our best to share out wherever possible. Indeed. As for the world snare drum solos, that there's a lot to unpack. All right. Now, uh, we have done our best to try and share out every performance as we've seen it, spotted it, and it's shared out there. Uh, and, yeah, full credit to RSPBA, who did manage to live stream the senior final. And, yeah, and the prize giving as well. So that was all over YouTube across the weekend, and full credit to them. It was a great job, uh, done quite professionally as well. The audio quality and that was really superb. So well done to RSPBA. Pat on the back right there. Uh, so, yeah, we've now seen that RSPBA can indeed live stream a competition and do it well. Uh, so... <clears throat> Why don't you do that in future for other competitions? Hey, I don't know. I'm just spinning an idea out there. Uh, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I was a huge fan of it. Honestly, yeah, because so many people like myself couldn't actually travel to the world's uh, solos this year. So yeah, it was just brilliant to be able to tune in and catch the action. It was fantastic. So of course, our senior champion. Yeah, we've mentioned him already. Kerr McQuillan. What a year Kerr has had. Honestly, after picking up that title, the world title with the band, here he is, stepping up as a soloist and lifting the world championship. Wow, that's all I will say. And yeah, he had quite a strong weekend all round, lifting both the MSR and the hornpipe jig, and then up again to lift the overall title. So just a fantastic weekend's work for Young Care. And uh, yeah, very bright future ahead now for Care McQuillan, I reckon. Yeah, bodes well. Such a talented young man. And yeah, has a, I don't know, a wealth of pedigree there already and experience behind him. I dare say this will be a man to watch in the near future, for sure. Uh, so this actually brings an end to the streak then of Stephen McWhorter, who has won 10 championships in a row consecutively. Uh, so that's it. It's the end of the streak for Stephen McWhorter. But yeah, he came in very close runner-up here to Karen McQuillan. Uh, definitely was nipping at his heels. Uh, for any of you who actually watched the performances from the weekend, Stephen was just on fire, man. I don't know what it was. He just made it look effortless. And oof, it was a difficult competition to judge, let me say that. Uh, because another drummer that really impressed me, finished up third overall, was Garth McLees from Field Marshal Montgomery. Yeah. Now, we had mentioned on Fuse FM, actually, that a lot of people here in Northern Ireland would be cheering for Garth, of course, cheering him on, hoping he'll do well. Uh, and yeah, he did. He played a blinder. Uh, had a really good weekend. Uh, so here we are, finishing third overall for Garth McLees. Well done. Uh, then finishing in fourth spot, then we had Willie Glenholms from the Field Marshal, of course. William Glenholms, of course, a well-known figure now at this point in the solo scene. And has been ultra successful. And here he is in the top four position. So well done to Willie Glenholms. 
And uh, yeah, uh, as I said, there was a bit of confusion then about yeah fifth and sixth spot. We've talked all about that already, uh, so we don't need to go over old ground. But yeah, Craig Brown from People's Forward Ballgown and Bathgate was announced on the day as coming in fifth spot. And yeah, that was been confirmed then. Uh, never mind the administrative anomaly or whatever it was. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that's all been fixed now and it is official. Craig Brown. Fifth spot. Well done, Craig. And in sixth spot then was Stephen Crichton from St. Lawrence Atul. Again, I really enjoyed Stephen's MSR performance. I don't know what it was, but there was just something about it. The flow of Stephen's Strasbay, there was a lot of bounce to it. Yeah, I just loved it. Uh, it's one of those ones where you can close your eyes and just picture a Highland dancer dancing a Strasbay to it. I don't know, maybe I'm getting a bit lost in the woods there. But yeah, I was a huge fan of Stephen's MSR, particularly his display. Just, yeah, very entertaining. So for everyone, by the way, that competed in that final, all 12 of you, oh my word, was it a difficult final. I have no idea how the judges managed to do it, how they managed to separate them. No idea, but full credit to all of you. Uh, yeah, it's such a stellar event. And also, a uh, shout out to the Pipers as well. Uh, you guys, honestly, it's not easy playing for a solo drummer. Let's say that. And uh, There was a lot of commentary online at the time talking about Pipers uh, choking. And, you know, their chanters actually cutting out. And uh, Yeah, that did seem to happen quite frequently. And... Yeah, I'm not sure the reasons why specifically, uh, but, uh, you know, Pipers deal with a wealth of challenges trying to play with a solo drummer uh, because they're pretty exposed themselves as well up there. You know, you can't stand in a row with like 10 or 15 other guys. It's just you up there. And if your chanter does cut out on you, then what happens? You you do your best to recover and keep playing. <laughs> I think we've seen that on a few occasions there. So, yeah, shout out to you, Pipers. Honestly, it is not an easy task playing for a solo drummer. Uh, so, yeah, full credit to the Pipers. So there you go. Full credit to Kerr McQuinnan, world champion. And I dare say there are future championships in this young man's future. All right, I am going to put all my eggs in one basket and say this is not the last we're going to see of Kerry McQuillan lifting big titles. Yeah, so that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Kerr's uh, performance yet, seriously, what are you doing? Uh, Run out now. Go on to the Big Rab Show on Facebook. We have shared out the performance, I think, two or three different times now. (laughs) It's honestly absolutely stellar. You can tell that there's been a wealth of work went into this, and it shows. And care, oh my word. Absolutely deserved world champion. Congratulations. And to everyone else that finished in that top six spot, you folks honestly all deserve medals, and y'all did get medals, so pat on the back all round. <laughs> top six at all in the world, that's not to be sneezed at. Well done, everyone involved there at the World Solos. Such a cracking event. All right. Let's move on. The World Solos is now behind us. Uh, We did get some queries, actually, from people saying, oh, I didn't know the World Solos was on, and I was hoping to compete at it. What? Yeah, so be sure to be in contact with your band secretary, or even at that, keep a track of things and competitions coming up that are announced on the RSPBA website, such as the World Solo Drumming, but also the UK Solo Drumming, the Scottish, there's other different drumming championships throughout the year. So if you are wanting to play competitively as a solo drummer, there's loads of opportunities out there. So we've done our best to try and direct people to those competitions as they happen. Uh, but yeah, go and check the RSPBI website. That's where they're listed. And yeah, 
There's a lot of drum and action to be at throughout the piping scene. And uh, the world solos is not just it. I th- a lot of people were kind of shocked by that, going, oh, hi, there's a whole solo drumming scene involved here, is there? Yeah, absolutely there is. So, yeah, there you are. Any questions at all, we're always happy to help. BigRabShow at gmail.com. We'll do our best to direct you. All right. This weekend, yeah, away from the drumming world, let's look towards the solo piping world. Yes, the 50th Glenfiddich Championship opens its gates at Blair Castle this weekend on Saturday. And man, I cannot tell you how stupidly excited I am for Glenfiddich. All right, I've already got all my snacks bought in. I've told everyone that the phone is going off the hook on Saturday. If you're going to try and ring me about anything, forget about it. I'm going to be tuned in watching Glenfiddich all day. All right, that's pretty much it. So anyone listening to the pod right now, who are thinking, ah, I, might, I might email Rob on Saturday about this, or I might ring him on Saturday. No, no, absolutely not. No, my Saturday is completely booked up now. I am watching Glenfiddich. That's it. I'm going to be glued to it. <laughs> is that enough of uh, an explanation? All right, well, the, the Glenfiddich Championships themselves, the competitors honestly read as a who's who of the piping scene, but for good reason. The Glenfiddich honestly is... The most highly sought-after competition in the solo circuit, I have to say. To get a spot at Glenfiddich, you have to already be a previous champion at another event in the scene, or you have to be invited to play, or even a previous champion, for that matter. So, let's look at the lineup. We have Callum Beaumont. Yes, Callum's making a return. Uh, We also have... Now, I don't know if this is a first, or maybe... Is this the second time maybe this has happened? I don't know, you can maybe correct me here. Uh, but Alex and Bruce Gandhi, yeah, father-son, juking it out against each other. So, yeah, is that a first for Glenfiddich? Maybe a second occasion? I'm not sure, uh, but I'm sure someone's going to send in an angry email going, Oh, Rob, come on, don't you know? Yeah, well, Alex and Bruce Gandhi both going to be there on that big stage. Man, that's going to be exciting. Uh, we also have Alistair Henderson, of course. Yes, I mean, no, Alistair can play a tune, absolutely. We also have Finlay Johnson as well. He's had some stellar performances throughout the year. This year specifically, he's had a great season. So looking forward to seeing Finlay on stage. We also have returning the previous champion from last year, Jack Lee. Yes, Jack will be back again, thumping out what I have no doubt to be a blistering P-Brick. I really love what Jack did last year. His P-Brick performance was just incredible. If you haven't seen that run from Jack Lee last year, whew, go back and watch it. There is a reason Jack Lee won the Glymphitic last year. He just sounded incredible. And yeah, really excited to see him hit the stage this year, defending champion. We also have Angus McCall, of course, who is quite synonymous with the competition, and we have no doubt will do quite well. Absolutely. Uh, we also have Willie McCallum as well, record breaking champion of Glenfiddich, of course. Willie McCallum makes a return. Uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing Willie on stage, of course. Now, we also have Fred Morrison returning again. Fred Morrison has recently turned his attentions to the solo circuit. And I think last year was uh, he was at Glenfiddich then as well. Uh, so, yeah, this year Fred has honestly been tearing it up on the, you know, the solo circuit again. He's been playing so well recently. So, really excited to see Fred back on stage again. And looking forward to seeing what he'll bring there. Yeah. So not only do we know that he can thump out tunes like, you know, Train Journey North and Kansas City, Hornpipe and all that, but he can play a real thumping good Peabrook too that can really carry you on a journey. 
Fantastic stuff. So, hey, I'm a Fred Morrison fan. So it's just brilliant to see his name here. And I can't wait to see him on stage at Blair Castle. Looking forward to that. Also, we have finishing the lineup there. We have Inez Smith. Yes. So there we go. I Honestly, that lineup is just incredible. And we know that the in-person tickets sold out within the matter of a week, I think. Uh, as soon as they went online for sale, they were gone, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, this event is honestly known as the World Cup of solo piping, just to kind of put it in perspective, I guess, for soccer fans. Or maybe it's the Super Bowl of solo piping for NFL fans. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm sure everyone out there listening to the pod right now knows exactly what the Glenfiddich is. You don't need me to tell you. But it's this weekend, all right? Now, you need to go to thepipingcenter.co.uk and follow all the links for the live stream. Now, the live stream will be up and available on Saturday. You can tune in and watch the entire thing live as it happens. Now, the beauty about the live stream is not only can you watch it live on the day, but you can also watch it anytime all the way up until November 6th. <laughs> yeah, it's available for over a week after it actually happens. Oh my god, that's amazing right there. So for all of us armchair judges, that is just gold dust. And trust me, I'll be one of those armchair judges. I'll be following it all day long. And then, of course, as the prize giving gets read out and everything and we hear the results, then I'll be pressing rewind on that live stream. (laughs) And I'll be watching it back again, probably a few times uh, over the course of the next week. Um, Because, you know, you always like to hear, what did the judge hear that I didn't? Or, you know, can I hear the differences now? I know their placings. Yeah, uh, it's I don't know. It's so interesting to me, this Glenfiddich Championship. I know, I'm a drummer of 30 years, but I am slowly getting into this piping game, you know, with learning how to play and everything. And the, the intricacies that you see on that stage, yeah, that's, I don't know. It's the Glenfiddich. You can't miss it. So, yeah, that's my advice. Go grab your tickets for it for the online live stream. Don't miss it. It's going to be an absolutely stellar event. Fantastic. All right. Let's roll on. Uh, There was a a bit of an announcement, actually, through the Big Rab Show on social media. Uh, The lineup for the 2023 Livy Invitational Solo Drumming Championship has been announced. Now, this is in no order at all. uh, But, yeah, playing at the event, we have Aaron McLean. Yeah, of course, from Police Scotland and Federation. We have Ryan King, who we've had on the show before, and he's unattached at the moment, so he's just RSPBA. Uh, We have also Grant Cassidy who's the brand new lead tipper at Shots, so he'll be there. We have Les Gilbraith, of course, from Glasgow Sky. We have our current world champion now, Karen McQuillan, from People's Ford, Boghall and Bathgate. He'll be there. We have Chloe Taylor from Scottish Power. She'll be there. Uh, we also have Simon Grant from the City of Edinburgh. Good stuff. We have Greg Fullerton from Johnstone. We'll be joking it out as well. We have Callum Burns from People's Ford, Boghall and Bathgate. Yes, we have Cameron uh, Lawson. Cam Lawson, of course, from Inverary. Glenn Crichton from People's Ford, Boghall and Bathgate. And to finish the lineup, we have Cameron Spence then from Fife Polis. There you are. So that event itself honestly draws in a huge crowd every year. And the tickets for this year, absolutely sold out. You can't get in through the door of the place. But uh, a lot of people have been asking about whether it will be filmed and uploaded and all that kind of stuff then. Yes, to answer your question, ourselves and the Big Rab Show team 
We'll be there at the Levy Invitationals. And yes, absolutely, we'll be filming everything that moves at that competition. And yeah, that'll all be on our YouTube channel, social media, all that kind of stuff. So for those of you interested in the Levy Invitationals, then yeah, we've got you covered here on the Big Rab Show. There you go. So that's quite a lineup there, isn't it? Yeah, I thought so. There you go. Right, as mentioned in What's the Crack, let's talk about Project Smock fans. Yeah, Project Smock have been kind of teasing this this last while, that they've been working on a brand new studio album. And just a couple of days ago, actually, now they have announced that pre-orders for the new studio album will be available on Friday, the 27th of October. Yeah, so for those fans of Project Smock, Go now. You can pre-order the album, I think, on, well, Friday as it officially launches. So, uh, yeah, you'll get the new album in the post. Plus, you'll also get a download prior to the official release date. So, hey, (laughs) what's not to love about that? Plus, uh, tickets for Project Smock's autumn tour dates are selling fast. They are telling people that if you do want to go and see Project Smock live... Go and book tickets early. Don't leave it until the evening of the show uh, because then you could well be disappointed. So Project Smock's really gathering ahead of steam now in the Celtic and folk scene. So you really should go and see them live if you have the opportunity. So, hi. Just wanted to give it a plug this week. Very exciting news for their second studio album. I cannot wait to download this and get my mitts on it. Uh, But rest assured you'll be listening to it on uh, Fuse. No doubt. I'll be playing tracks from it, of course. Uh, But, yeah. Shout out to Project Smock. Very exciting announcement. Go and check them out and get that album pre-ordered this Friday. That's definitely going to be worthy of adding to your collection. That's for sure. Okay, so just at the point of recording this week's pod, there was a news story just dropped uh, literally about 10 minutes ago as I hit record. (laughs) So yeah, this has come from RSPBA headquarters and the title, Band Fees. Oh, that kind of feeds into this week's word of the week, doesn't it? That was a happy accident. Yeah, so this news goes out, said, for the attention of all band secretaries. So there you are, make sure you pay attention to this. Uh, so looking ahead to 2024, the association is delighted to inform you that there will not be an increase in band fees. Oh, isn't that nice? There you go. The board understands the pressures that all sectors are experiencing at this time, and we look forward to supporting you in the coming season. There you go. So apparently the band fees are due to be paid by the 30th of November. All right, all bands have been forewarned that your fees need to be paid by this date or run into potential financial penalties. Yeah, so let's go through the fees actually because this is quite interesting because there are different fees for different sorts of bands, I guess. For a UK juvenile band that are already registered and all of that, it's 200 quid plus fat. And then for a UK adult band, which would be most of the competing bands that's out there, uh, they pay 220 quid plus fat. There you are. And then if you're a brand new adult band, well, then you have to throw another £20 on top of that. You have to pay like a, an additional additional administrative fee, which is 240 quid. Yeah, and for a brand new juvenile band, it's 220 There you go. Now, that's just for bands here based in the UK paying fees into RSPBA. And it's quite steep, I thought. You know, £220, yeah. But I suppose some of these, you know, the, the big guns that have all these big sponsorships and stuff, that might be a little bit easier to pay. But for a lot of other smaller bands that are competing, 200 odd quid's quite a dose of money. So, but there you go. I'm just reminding you all, that needs paid now before the 30th of November. Yeah. 
All right, let's talk about non-UK bands. Well, for a non-UK adult band, it's £110. For a non-UK juvenile band, it's 100 quid. And then for a brand new adult band that's not in the UK, 120 For a non-UK juvenile band, it's 110 That's brand new. There you are. So there are little, like, little differences, I guess, in, in the various different tiers and everything. So, uh, yeah, go and check that out. It's all up there now on the RSPBA website. They give you all the details on how to pay as well. And, uh, yeah, they provide links and everything and how you can get that into them. So they finished the press release actually with this one, and I kind of like this. So we hope you understand the need to support your association through the payment of these band registration fees in order that we can continue to function as an organization as well as support and administer the membership of the bands and our volunteers as we prepare to run the major championships in 2024 and beyond. To infinity and beyond! There you go, pay your fees. Uh, So, (laughs) what am I on about? Yeah, pay your band fees by the 30th of November or we'll charge you a penalty. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, obviously, we do have to support our association. Yeah, they, they don't run for free. Uh, the competitions don't organize themselves. So that's what we're paying for. However, 2023, we did see the cancellation of our major championship. And we have seen a lot of administrative errors this year. More than we care to talk about on the show. There's been a lot of whoops moments. And we're hoping that that'll get ironed out, I guess. Uh, But yeah, the AGM and that's to come. And no doubt we'll talk more about that as these big meetings approach. But before then, the reminder is pay your fees. Because if you're not registered and fully paid up, then you don't get a voice at these big meetings. Yeah, so there you are. Make sure that your band secretary is aware of this. Tell them, hey, make sure the band fees are paid. So there you go. Tell them Big Rab sent you and said, right, make sure and get that. Get that paid, you boy, before the 30th of November. You've been warned. All right, on to the next news story. I have to talk about the Big Rab Show Awards. Yes, the Big Rab Show Awards are still open. The voting is open now until the 4th of November, so you do have a little bit of time. Let me just log in to thebigrabshow.com here, and I'm going to have a look to see how many votes have been cast. Ooh, wow. Okay, yep. We are talking in the thousands here, folks. Yeah, not going to lie. I'm not going to give you the precise figures just now, but no doubt we will talk about Wow. We will talk about it later um, as we are announcing our finalists. Well, not our finalists, our winners and everything. But I just wanted to remind you, Big Rab Show Awards are now open for public vote. We did announce our finalists and we opened the voting on last week's show. So you can go right now to thebigrabshow.com. There's a big button right in the front of the page saying click here to vote. And then, yeah, it takes you through to the online survey. And you can vote for your favorite in all of our different categories. And looking here... <clears throat> I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, there's some categories here that are very close. Uh, let me count this here. Uh, let me see. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, yeah, that one, there's 12 votes in it. Oh, that's so close. 12 votes are the difference between winning it and not winning it. And let's get it. Oh, there's another one that's close. Let me see. Oh, that's three. That's three votes in it. Oh, no, I'm not going to spoil it. I haven't said what the category is. Nope, shut up, Rab, don't give it away. But there is one category here where there's three votes in it between winning a big Rab Show award and not winning it. 
Oh my word, that's so close. All right, right. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to click out of that now at this point. Like, get, get her out. Yep, I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, but yeah, three votes between winning an award and not. That's so painfully close. Especially when you're considering that there's already been thousands cast. Like, literally thousands there. Uh, so, yes, go now, thebigrabshow.com, cast your vote. I'm not going to give away the categories that are painfully close. I will do that whenever we're giving out the prizes. Um, but, uh, yeah, seriously, there's some that are very tight there. Oh, there you go. Get your votes in. TheBigRabShow.com. Get your votes in. That It's very important that you cast them. And if not, then make sure and tell your mates to go and cast votes and get them to vote for you as well. So you never know. Yeah. All right. Move on, Rab, before I spoil it. Uh, I want to briefly talk about uh, the Stone Mountain Highland Games that took place this past weekend. Wow. First of all. Uh, full congratulations to everyone that took part there. I have to give a shout out to, you know, well, of course, you know, rightly, I was going to mention them. Uh, yeah, North Texas Caledonian, who seemed to have a real stellar weekend. Well done to everyone there at North Texas. Fair play to you. Absolutely. And I don't know. It's, that competition just seems to get better and better. And each time I'm stuck here at home and just absolutely got it <laughs> that I'm not there. Uh, but yeah, full congratulations to everyone there at the Stone Mountain Highland Games. And uh, I have to give a shout out actually to Carlisle. Yeah, Carlisle Conquest, who's Kevin Conquest's son, who actually hit the field for the first time. Uh, so, yeah, that was a real heartwarming moment now. To see father, son, drum major at the head of the mass pipes and drums, fantastic stuff. So, yeah, shout out to Carlisle. Yes, that was fantastic. Heartwarming moment there. Yeah, stellar stuff, stellar stuff. All right, uh, so <clears throat> as far as the results and everything goes from Stone Mountain, I'm not entirely across all of the details. Uh, again, finding who won what from Stone Mountain has proven to be quite difficult uh, because I don't think they've been published anywhere officially just yet. Uh, but I have seen various updates from all the bands and stuff that have been in competitive action. And again, shout out to North Texas, uh, who did seem to have quite a successful weekend there at Stone Mountain. Uh, but yeah, to everyone who competed there, we have shared out as many performances as we could, as we found them uh, but yeah if your band was in competitive ways at stone mountain and we haven't shared your run then then please do send it on to us and we'll do our best to get it yeah shared out there indeed all right let's move on shall we i did want to talk about the uh yeah the bbc radio scotland young traditional musician of the year award the semi-finals were actually on the telly this past weekend and yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to tell you who's got through or anything like that at this point. I'm just wanting to urge you to go along and have a watch at it. It's up there now on the BBC iPlayer. You can go and have, a, well, you can enjoy the entire thing. It's all up there. So, yeah, the semi final has happened. Our finalists have been revealed. And, uh, yeah, it's all on that TV show. So, I'm not going to spoil it. Go and watch it. <laughs> Telling you, go and watch it. Uh, but yeah, the BBC Radio Scotland Young Traditional Musician of the Year semi-final took place and our finalists have been listed and we're really looking forward to seeing the final taking place now. As part of the Celtic Connections Festival in February next year, that's going to be a real stellar event. Yeah, so we will warm up to that one, no doubt, as the months uh, get closer. Uh, but yeah, trust me, if you're a piping fan or trad fan at all, you're going to want to watch that, all right? There was a wealth of great music, songs, Tunes are plenty, definitely worth watching. There you go. So, a bit of a shameless plug. I know I'm being cryptic. No doubt we'll unpack it a little bit more next week. But just wanted to give that a good plug. And, uh, yeah, shout out to the folks at Hands Up for Trad and to BBC Radio Scotland for hosting this. Such a stellar event. And to everyone that's taken place, taken part in the semi-finals, 
Wow, by the way, there's some real good tunes there. Uh, but yeah, good luck to all of our finalists is all I'm going to say. Not going to spoil it, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the finals. That's all I'm saying. All right. Right, I am going to swiftly move on and get away from all the news and updates because there's been so many. But before I do, I have to give a special shout out to the Schomburg Society. Yeah, right here in Northern Ireland, the Schomburg Ostrascott Society down there in Kilkeel celebrated their 25th anniversary by holding a huge reception up in Stormont and Belfast. And yeah, I was very fortunate to actually receive an invitation to attend. So I have to say... Huge thank you to everyone there at the Schomburg Society for having me along and to all of the amazing drum majors, dancers, performers on the evening. It was just a stellar event. 25 years uh, is a very long time to be involved in community work as heavily as they have been. I've been incredibly influential in the Kilkeel area and have been responsible for countless pipers, drummers, dancers, and writers and all sorts coming through that Ulster Scott scene there in Kilkeel. Just wanted to give you a particular shout out this week and to tell you that the establishment of the brand new Schomburg Academy pipe band down there in Kilkeel is really starting to tick traction. I've been hearing a lot of talk about you know, the amount of tuition and hard work that's going on behind the scenes at the Schomburg Academy Pipe Band, and I, for one, cannot wait to see them on the grass. I have no doubt that I am going to have to hear more about this fledgling pipe band uh, from absolutely bare-bones nothingness to being a competitive pipe band in the circle. That's going to be a heck of a story. So we're going to have to catch up with them in due course and, uh, yeah, maybe go to a practice or two and find out what's going on behind the closed doors there at the Schomburg Academy. Uh, So we will keep you across that. But, yeah, just wanted to squeeze that in at the end of the news and updates, I guess. Full congratulations to the Schomburg Society on 25 years in business. And, uh, yeah, here's to another 25, 75, 105. Yeah, it was a great event up in Stormont and just a privilege to be there. Just fantastic stuff. Well done. All right. Let's move on. You've waited this long. I think it's time for us to get into this week's topic, don't you? I think it's time for me to go and get a big cup of tea. <laughs> it's time for the topic of the week. Wallace Bagpipes. Quality, pride and passion. Made in Scotland. Proud bagpipe supplier to the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Visit wallacebagpipes.com for more information or contact your nearest dealer. Ah, yes, topic of the week time and, yeah, the title of this week's episode kind of gives it away. And we've already mentioned it at the very beginning. This week we're going to be concentrating solely on weekly drones. Now, we've been gathering these now for a number of months, not through any, any fault of our own, really, but basically... Because of the season and how it fell and everything, and the amount of content we produced over Worlds Week, all of it, it's kind of left us in a situation where we've been, I don't know, stockpiling all of these weekly drones. So, we decided to keep them, and we've now, yeah, we've got a ways ahead of us here. JD has been working furiously behind the scenes producing all of these, so shout out to JD. He's absolutely awesome. Thank you, JD. Yeah, he's going to feature quite heavily in this week's episode. So, if you don't know what Weekly Drone is, it's a feature that we've had here on the show now for quite a while. It started out as a bit of an experiment, and, uh, hey, that experiment blew up. You guys really seem to love this. Now, what it is, 
basically it's a way for you guys to get your thoughts, feelings, complaints, all of that out in the open without fear of recrimination. There is no identifying factors on these. There's no names, no bands, no locations, nothing like that. So all of your warts and all feelings can hit the airwaves without fear of any blowback on you or that of your band, your organization, anything like that. So that was the focus behind Weekly Drone. We did know that there was a huge fear out there in the piping scene of actually speaking out and talking about things uh, for that fear of recrimination. So that's why we invented Weekly Drone. We wanted it to be an open microphone for the piping scene. And uh, you folks out there have been really using that service, I have to say. We've had some real great Weekly Drones over the years. And uh, this week's show, our topic and everything... Absolutely, we've got some real crackers in here. Now, I'm going to do my best to give my kind of off-the-cuff response to each one of these, but no doubt you guys out there will have your own thoughts and feelings. And, of course, you can also chip in with your own. And, again, just to remind you where you can submit your own weekly drone, go to our website, thebigrabshow.com. There's a big button right at the top of the page that says Weekly Drone. Click on that, and then, yeah, there you go. You can give as much or as little information as you would like, and... uh, yeah, we'll present it here in a future episode of the show. So, I think even on one of these weekly drones, from what I remember, is someone puts JD to the test here to see if he'll actually say some stuff. We'll get into that. Uh, so, basically, everything that you'll put in your weekly drone, yeah, we'll hand it to JD and he'll make it his own. Yeah. Now, there have to, I have to say, there has to be some sort of editing, an editorial bit in here. Uh, there are some weekly drones that we have received over this last few months that we haven't decided to air. Because, number one, there there is identifying factors in them, and, you know, we can, you know, pinpoint the person either who has submitted them or who they're aimed at. And also, you know, giving out accusations and name-calling, finger-pointing, all of that kind of stuff. We don't really like to stand over that kind of content. So if you are going to, you know, send us on a weekly drone and point the finger at someone, some organization, some person, product, whatever, then, yeah, we're not going to stand over that and we will make an editorial decision not to air it. I hope that makes perfect sense. So let's get into our first weekly drone then, shall we? I don't know. It feels like I'm starting a podcast instead of doing a topic. It's weird, isn't it? But okay, JD, let's hear our first weekly drone. It's the weekly drone. I tuned in to the Big Rab Show's live stream of the award ceremony at the Europeans from Aberdeen Saturday, excited to see who the prize winners were. Sadly, RSPBA chief executive Colin Mulhern's turn as announcer was incredibly distracting. During the march past, I heard who the bands were, but never heard where any of them were from. There were awards for Best Band on Parade and Best Drum Corps on Parade, whatever those are. None of the winning bands were announced as European Champions for 2023. Finally, his tone and inflection were not that of an RSPBA executive, but rather those of a game show host. There were no pauses, no drama, and no theater. Every band was announced exactly the same. It was as if he'd never been to a pipe band contest before. Whether he meant to or not, he turned the focus from the bands to himself. I know that it's difficult to replace a legend, 
a man who was the voice of the RSPBA for so long. But unless Mr. Mulhern's announcing improves dramatically, perhaps it's time to invite a media professional to announce the winners. Yeah, the subject of the announcer, Colin. Colin Mulhern, of course, has been... Yeah, at the helm this year. And yes, you did mention it there in your weekly drone that he has very big brogues to fill. Ian Hamilton, honestly, has been the voice of bands now for a generation. And I have to be honest, it is difficult to make that adjustment. Colin is Colin, Ian is Ian. Two completely different people. And they're going to treat this job differently. Colin has, well, he has made it his own, I guess. He does have his own very unique style. And, yeah, I do take what you're saying there. Uh, Whenever Ian was announcing bands, he certainly would add a little element of drama to it, you know? And, yeah, there was little pauses in there. And in first place, winning the Jubilee Trophy and banner... And then that pause, that pause would seem to go on for a lifetime, doesn't it? And then he would announce them. So, yeah, but this year has been different from that regard as well. But this best band on parade or best drum corps on parade. And yeah, I agree with you. That seems to be a new thing that was introduced this year. And nobody really seems to know where it came from or what is it? And yeah, don't know, don't understand it myself. It just seems to have come out of the blue, and hey, it is what it is. We have it now, and I guess it's getting announced at every contest, so that's a thing. Uh, But also a a thing that has definitely happened this season, uh, all throughout this season, not just from that competition there in Aberdeen, as we were mentioning. uh, Bands are no longer seen to be announced as being champion anymore. Like, you know, being introduced as a world champion, European champion, Scottish champion, UK champion. That didn't doesn't seem to happen this season. It was just simply, uh, and now the band's in grade two. And in first place, we have, and then that's it. They just announced the name, and that's it. They rhyme off the names, the list, and that's it. There was no drama, as you mentioned. You know, and in first place, and world champion for 2023. And then everybody, like, melts into a puddle on the floor waiting for the name and then you go it was blah 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 you know th- there was no drama uh, yeah i completely get it but however i would stress weekly droner that yes your opinion is noted i do agree with you on some points however colin's brand new to the role and this is all very much a big learning curve for him and as we found at the world championship actually i did think he did come into his own there at the worlds i think he'd done a cracking job at the world championships so as the season progressed i guess he got gradually better and i hope that this is the case going forward that into next season into 2024 things will only continue to get better and Hey, you know, in five, ten years' time, we'll be saying there's no other voice like it. Colin is now the voice of pipe bands. We can't imagine anyone else giving out the results. So, yeah, your suggestion at the end to have a celebrity uh, giving out the results and stuff, I don't know. I honestly don't know if that's plausible or not or even realistic in any way uh, because uh, you know if you're having a celebrity or a newscaster or anything like that do it then i'm sure they'll want paid uh, <laughs> there you go it's food for thought but an interesting drone all the same would love to know your opinions of course on what you thought of uh colin mulhern's uh prize uh delivery 
I guess, and the announcements and all that stuff. So it's an interesting one. But time will tell, you know, and it will get better in time. So, yeah, I'll leave that with you. Okay, that's a good one to kick off with then. Let's move on to the next one then, JD. What do we have next? It's the Weekly Throne. Respect from Pipe Bands. Attending the Scottish Championships on Saturday, I was pleased and struck by the complete silence that was shown in the minute silence for those lost, and especially for the late Alec Brown. It was a beautiful moment, and I must commend all bands on the park for respecting. However, by the time Scotland the Brave was played at the end of the results, approximately only 25% of bands were still on the field. What happened to the respect from pipe bands? Although the weather was not great on Saturday, by the end of the March past, it had at least dried up a little, so why did so many bands feel the need to leave the March past? RSPBA have asked previously for all bands to stay on the field to the end, yet so many leave. It was so bad that John Hughes asked for all the remaining drum corps to play, as there weren't many left, including grade 1s who had left. Finally, upon the results, field marshal were asked to come up to the front and play off the field. Now why did a certain band and pipe major from a certain non-grade 1 band decide to not show the respect and jump in front of field marshal and play off the field? Yes, they may have had a good result, but to stand in the grade 1 winner's spot and play off the field when they had been asked not to? I feel it was totally disrespectful and I believe HQ should be speaking to the band and the pipe major involved specifically as it was not the first time that this band slash pipe major have broken protocol to show off their result as another matter of respect. Mm, weekly Droner. I'm not entirely sure if I'm brutally honest. I really don't know wh- who or what that band was and how that happened, but I did hear that there was a band that marched off the field ahead of Field Marshal. Uh, so I may now need to go back through my records and find out exactly what happened that day at the Scottish. Uh, so yeah, I did have reports that a band marched off the field ahead of FM, but yeah, we're not going to name names at this point because I can't confirm it. So I can't concrete put names on it as to what band that was or who they were and exactly if that did actually happen. So yeah, that is one for the statisticians out there. And if you were there at the Scottish and witnessed it, then let us know who that was. And was that the case? Did they jump the queue kind of thing? Yeah, I guess there is a level of respect with that. You know, you do allow your grade one champion to march off first that whole point in that is that they're leading the bands out of the field i understand that and has happened at countless other competitions throughout the seasons now for generations you know you wait for the champion to gather themselves up that might take a few minutes and then you know they put their trophies to the front of the band and then they march off the grade one guys march off and then everyone else sort of follows suit just as and when uh, so yeah you've seen the march off videos we filmed quite a few of them actually on the rab show youtube channel Uh, But, yeah, as to what specifically happened there at the Scottish, not sure. Can't really draw a comment on it. But, uh, yeah, curious about that. Yeah. 
Is it a mark of respect to allow the Grade 1 ban to march off? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I just don't know if there is a specific ruling on that. And did they were they in breach of that? Don't know. That's an interesting one. You did mention there about respect from pipe bands for leaving early, that as soon as Scotland the Brave was played, then the park was practically empty. Now, I do know that this has been an ongoing problem, not just this season, but it's been a problem now for plenty of other seasons. (laughs) And specifically, Dumbarton as well seems to be a real culprit for this. Now, I do know that a bunch of the Northern Irish bands that are travelling there to Dumbarton, they do so on the day trip. And a lot of those bands... They have to go and catch a ferry home. And sometimes the prize giving and all of that can really drag on. And these bands, they've got a ferry to catch. And if they don't get on that boat on the way home, then they're stuck there. Then they have to camp out for the night. Um, So legitimately, there are lots of Northern Irish bands who would travel to Dumbarton, but realistically can't stay for the full finale. And they do have to leave early due to travel arrangements. Now, it's not an excuse By any means, I know that sounds like it, but I do know a lot of bands do that. And even here uh, in Northern Ireland, where I'm based, when we had the UK Championships, we did know that a lot of the Scottish bands were on the day trip, as we say. And a lot of them left the UK Championships early, during the March past and everything, so they could jump on a bus, jump on a ferry and head home. So it's just, I don't know, it's geography, travel arrangements, all of that, yes, and I can see where you're coming from, that it does come across as a bit of a lack of respect, I guess, you know, because I do know a lot of lower grade bands that as soon as their grade is read out, then that's it. They pack up and go home. They don't bother sticking around to see who wins grade two, grade one, grade three, A. you know. So if you're playing in a 4A band and your grade gets read out, then that's it. Your day's over. Uh, and a lot of those bands don't hang around. Uh, that's been the case uh, for a long time. There has been talk about fines and everything. You know, if your band is seen to be leaving the arena, um, you know, early, then you could well be penalised. But I don't know. Have they been enforced or not? Don't know. Remains to be seen. But yeah, I took what you're saying there, Weekly Donor. It is a mark of respect to kind of hang around until the very end. And then, of course, allow your grade one big gun to march off as champion. And then you follow around behind them. Indeed. I understand that. But I know for every other band listening now that have left an arena early ahead of the March past actually of finish, you know, officially finishing and all of that, then, uh, yeah, I completely understand why. There could be a multitude of different reasons. Now, myself, personally, I've done this. I have left an arena early. Right enough, it was to go and visit the facilities and then come running back again. Uh, but I haven't actually left the park is the thing. Uh, but yeah, I broke ranks a few times to go and visit the wee boys room and then come running straight back again. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to find me, go on ahead. Uh, <laughs> that was years ago. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. You know, a lack of respect, I guess. It can come across as that. Yeah. An interesting weekly drone there, no doubt. And I have every confidence that that will draw a lot of commentary from the scene. Yeah. But I do believe that bands who do leave early have reasons. You know, they're not just leaving willy-nilly just for the sake of it. And they're not be- they're not leaving to be disrespectful either. I do think they are leaving for genuine reasons. So I think that is the case there. So there you are. Thank you, Weekly Droner, whoever you may be. All right. Are you getting the picture now that we've been gathering these Weekly Drones now for a while? You know? Uh, yeah, because th- that was one from about the Euros, I think. Uh, right. So here's another one. But this next one, it's about the World Championships, isn't it, J.D.? 
World's Bus Parking Rab, we are looking forward to the worlds, but found out that our bus needs to be parked up by 7 a.m., even though we are not playing until after 3 p.m. This would mean a very, very early start for us and isn't conducive to getting the best out of our players eight hours later. Why can't the organizers allocate bus parking spaces and slots to the bands who are on the earliest and leave the rest of us to have a long lie and proper preparation on what is the biggest contest of the year? Ah, yes. Bus car parking at the Worlds has been... A bit of a bone of contention for bands now for a long time. And yeah, I heard reports about this year that they had to get buses in and parked up by 7am. Now, uh, for those of you who listened to my on-the-ground reports, uh, the gates in the park themselves were not open until 7am. So, yeah, you can imagine the amount of bands folk that were standing round um, waiting for the gates to open. It was, yeah, really quite packed. Um, So... Yeah, it's a funny one. It really is. And I don't know, the problem with bus parking at the Worlds has always been a problem. I I don't know the solution to this, if I'm honest. Uh, There's been a problem with bus parking, but there's also been a problem with uh, camper van parking as well. Uh, For those people who choose to bring camper vans and caravans, all that kind of stuff, you know, in order to camp over at the event and turn it into a proper weekend and actually, you know, camp there. um, Yeah, that's been a huge problem as well because where Glasgow Green is, it's in the middle of a residential area. And, yeah, it's incredibly difficult to get parked, Uh, not only as a spectator bringing a car, but imagine bringing a coach or even a camper van, for that matter. Where, where do you put it? So, yeah, it's a very difficult one to figure out. I don't know if the organizers themselves have ever really cracked it to everyone's satisfaction. The whole bus pass system was tried a few times. They did give allocated parking to various bands who, on a first-come, first-served basis, uh, they could register their band as coming on a coach, and then you get a pass, and then that allows you in through the gate and everything. That worked to a certain degree and then didn't work to another degree. Yeah, it's a very messy problem, Weekly, weekly Droner. Uh, so I just don't know what the correct answer is to this. Uh, but I do know that Glasgow Life and RSPBA are constantly wrangling with this, uh, with the parking problem at the Worlds. Uh, but also another added layer of difficulty was the congestion charge now that they have. You know, the, the green travel zones or whatever they're calling them now in, in Glasgow, uh, where only certain types of vehicles are allowed to drive within the city centre. That is another layer to the problem. Uh, so I just don't know. Coach parking, yes, being in the park at 7 a.m. in the morning is crazy early for bands that might not be competing until half four or five o'clock that evening. It's a long day. Uh, so I just don't know how to crack that problem. Apologies, I have no answer for you. Other than it's a very well-known problem, and one of which that does continue to plague not only the Worlds, but all the other major championships as well. Yeah, that's a difficult one. There you are. Possibly that's another uh, future topic of the week right there. How to plan a successful piping event. And that's little things like parking that might fly under the radar for a lot of folk, but that's important. 
Yeah. Interesting. All right. Speaking of interesting, this next weekly drone is one where I'm going to reach out to you folks out there in the piping world to help me answer this. Because I have done a pile of research on this, and I cannot find anything to answer this question fully. So, J.D., let's hear this next weekly drone, and hopefully the listening folk out there might be able to help. It's the weekly drone. Has there ever been an English grade one band? Dear Rap, with the recent well-deserved promotion of Hawthorne to grade one in Australia, making a total of 22 grade one bands worldwide, does anyone know why the English pipe band scene has yet to see a grade one band? The closest in recent memory was the clan Sutherland from Coventry, who managed to win Champion of Champions in 1997, but disbanded just two years later, losing many players to grade one bands in Scotland and Northern Ireland. In fact, there is no longer a single grade two band registered in England, with just a handful actively competing in grade three. Where, oh where, have all the good players gone? I suspect the reasons are threefold. One, there are not enough experienced players enriching the English bands from outside. Chalk it up to yet another casualty of Brexit as fewer players make the move to England. Two, stronger English players are choosing the challenge of playing with higher grade bands in other countries instead of remaining in local bands and helping them to improve. Three, many talented players have retired from pipe bands entirely and are not even engaging with their local bands in a support role where they could be doing the essential work of raising playing standards, tutoring, and inspiring new young talent to enter the world of competitive piping and drumming. With a population bigger than Scotland, Northern Ireland, Ireland, New Zealand, and Australia combined, Surely there must be more grade 2 bands, and one day, even a grade 1, in England's future. Yeah, Weekly Droner, I think you've officially got me stumped on this one. I do remember the Clan Sutherland Pipe Band, actually. They were competing in grade 2 for most of the 90s, from what I remember. Um, They did lift the Champion of Champions in grade 2. They came close to winning the Worlds a few times as well. So yeah, Clan Sutherland, quite a famous band from England. But as you say there, uh, they dissolved... I think around the early 2000s, and a lot of their players then kind of scattered to the wind. A few of them went to play with the RUC pipe band, and a few others, then, I guess, from both Northern Ireland and Scotland, I guess. But has there ever been a grade one band from England? That's a million dollar question. I really don't know. I don't want to say, no, there's never been. And then, you know, someone will come out and say, oh, but Rab, there was a band in 1952 that was in grade one. Well, you know what I mean? Uh, so <laughs> I can honestly hold my hand up and I don't know the answer to this. If there's ever been a grade one pipe band from England, please let me know. All right, because I can't find one. Uh, but yeah, as to the scene itself in England and, 
Yeah, about new players coming through and that new generation of pipers. We are starting to see signs of that. There are bands in England that are playing competitively and we are starting to see systems of tuition and young players coming through from England. Uh, but for at least 15, 20 years, that hasn't happened. And it's been very slow on the uptake. There has been players, there's been bands playing competitively. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But I'm talking about the tuition of the next generation. That didn't really seem to be a focus for English pipe bands over the years. It really seemed to be that maintaining what they had and making sure that a band hit the field in some form or other rather than making sure that they were teaching the next generation. However... What we've seen now in recent years is that these competitive bands from England are now very heavily involved in tuition. They're bringing on tons of great learners and a lot of great young talent are coming through there. The the Piping Society in London, for example, that great competition they hold there each year is absolutely ram-packed, filled with players from England competing there with some of the best. So I would argue that the scene in England is kind of in a series of rebuilding right now. Post-COVID, obviously, everywhere's rebuilding, but specifically the scene in England. We are starting to see a number of bands now stretching back out onto that field again and juking it out with the big guns. So will we see an English grade one pipe band in the near future? I would stress possibly, yeah. I don't see the reason why not. I dare say that this, you know, the English scene will continue to grow and grow and build upon successes. And that's what we've seen in recent years. So there's tons of great English pipe bands out there. I'm, you know, I'm going to start naming names and then that'll annoy everybody, so I better not. But suffice to say, you know who they are. We've mentioned them countless times here on the show. There are tons of great bands from England and can definitely play a good tune and are very competitive and... Yeah, these are the guys that we should be paying attention to because they're certainly building to bigger and better things as each season progresses. And yeah, to answer your question there, Weekly Droner, will we ever see a grade one pipe band from England? Yeah, I dare say we will. So, I don't know. Don't run out to the bookies right now and start placing bets on it. But uh, yeah, that's my prediction. I do believe that we will see a grade one pipe band from England. Yeah. Just watch this space, I reckon. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for anyone out there, uh, statisticians or huge big piping nerds that might be even bigger than me, uh, are you aware of there ever being a grade one band from England? Please let me know. If this is absolutely stuff that Rab got wrong and you are now yelling at your podcast player, please let me know. Email me in, bigrabshow at gmail.com. I can just see the angry emails. Oh, Rab, are you stupid? What about these guys? And then, yeah, I'll have egg on my face and I will, uh, yeah, I will absolutely broadcast a correction on next week's pod. There you go. But, yeah, I challenge you. Go out there now and have a search for it. Can you find an English grade one pipe band? I would love to hear it. There you go. All right, let's move on, shall we? JD, let me have the next weekly drum, mate. It's the weekly drum. Timing and rhythm. Hello, Rab. I love your show. My drone is about timing and rhythm. Some pipers act like feeling and expression are more important than timing and rhythm. I myself suffer with horrible timing and no sense of rhythm whatsoever. So anyway, I tried learning from a local band. They go through the dojo to teach new pipers and I just could not keep up. And I eventually stopped going to lessons. 
I do, however, take online lessons now. I like my teacher, and I feel like I'm learning a lot. But we haven't done anything with timing at all. It's more play it with feeling and get your grace notes and fingerings right. So my concern is this. Am I falling behind? Is there a right or a wrong way to learn? Or am I just doomed to be a bad piper? What do you think, Rab? Oh, what a question. Is there a right or wrong way to learn? Um, absolutely not. There is no right or wrong way, I believe. There is your way. <laughs> but uh, to answer your question there, and you're saying that you have no uh, sense of timing or that. Honestly, I believe timing can be trained. You can learn timing through training. And uh, yeah, with the Piper's Dojo and everything, as an example, they have a whole module on this, don't they? Where they teach timing. Uh, when they have, you know, people clapping their way through a tune, you know, da, 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 da. Do you know what I mean? So they clap the timing of each tune. And yeah, timing is one thing. Feeling is another. They are absolutely two different animals. That's for sure. Timing, I believe, is reading dots on the page and playing to a metronome. Whenever you're talking about playing with feeling, then that kind of does away with the metronome somewhat and does allow a little bit more nuance into your playing. Now, whenever you're talking about playing with feeling and phrasing and all of that, that does play more of a part whenever you're playing competitively in the upper grades, whereas if you're playing competitively in the lower grades where you're trying to you basically display display your prowess and your ability, and then whenever you reach the, the the higher grades, it's no longer about ability; it's about yeah musicality. It's a weird animal that one. But yeah, you asked, is there a right or wrong way? I'm sure there's people screaming at their podcast player again. I can hear you. Shush. Uh, yeah, I, I do believe you need to learn timing. Absolutely, that it's very important, uh, and it is something that you can get through training and practice. That's the big thing. Um, so yeah, sitting with a metronome, playing out your quavers, semi quavers, crotchets, going through all the different sequences, all of that stuff. Uh, it really does pay dividends. And you say you have no sense of timing at all. Uh, I don't know. I would kind of disagree. I believe everybody has some degree of timing in them at you know what i mean and if not then it is definitely something that you can learn through training and through practice so i, I don't know uh, so at the moment i'm glad that you you haven't completely given up and you are continuing your lessons with a tutor that's brilliant uh but yeah but please don't be so downhearted and give up on you know the timing element do revisit it again and I would urge you to go back, I know, giant advert coming in, but go back to that module again on the Piper's Dojo. It's very useful, and yes, you said you weren't able to keep up, well, that's fine. Reverse a little bit, you know, take it back a step or two and go, okay, well, I'm playing a bit of catch-up here, you know, take it back a step or two, a few weeks' lessons, whatever, and yeah, take that time. You know, everyone learns at different paces, we all learn differently as well. Uh, so, yeah, don't be so harsh on yourself, is <laughs> my advice. So there you go. Uh, thank you, Weekly Joner. That's an interesting one. But, yeah, I would argue timing is important, and uh, everyone does have a degree of timing in them, for sure. And if not, you can get that through training. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. We're firing through these rightly, aren't we? But we're nowhere near done, folks. So let's get on with the next Weekly Drone, then. Go on, JD. What have we got? 
It's the Weekly Drone. Scarce of online competitions. Hi, Rab and team. The scarcity of online competitions. There were not a lot of pros to the coronavirus days. However, it did bring online competitions to the forefront of solo piping around the world. It made competing against folk all around the world possible, and that was brilliant for those of us living outside of the mainstream piping world. Those of us that can't drive down the road and lock horns every weekend in the solo circuit. It allowed people to really gauge themselves against those that do it week in, week out. Sadly, the amount of online solo comps have all but disappeared. Only a few remain, with very few competitors. Not even the World Online Piping and Drumming Competition survived. I can imagine that the main reasons for this is mainly costs and finding judges with the spare time to adjudicate. This got more noticeable towards the latter end of the heydays of online competitions. Some competitions cost roughly 10 pounds per entry. With all the variety of competitions available, this could easily cost the competitor over 50 pounds. This compared to competitions at the beginning of the coronavirus years costing only five pounds for everything highlights to me that it's a money issue. A sad demise of a great idea that kept our fingers going throughout those dark years. Maybe this is something that piping associations around the world should take heed of. I believe the demand is there. Failing that, the Big Rab Show online piping and drumming competition has a nice ring to it. Oh, Weekly Droner, not a chance. <laughs> oh, no chance. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. And I do believe this is the reason why these competitions have seen a very quick demise. Um, it's the sheer volume of work involved in these. Ourselves in the Big Rab Show, we were chatting to the guys behind the scenes at the Up to the Line Pipe Band podcast. Do you remember them? Yeah, uh, well, whenever they ran their online competitions, they had online solos and they have recital challenges and stuff like that as well. All really exciting and some big prizes as well. And a lot of great online performances were performed by these musicians. Now, don't get me wrong, it was so enjoyable to be able to tune in as a spectator and watch it all. But we were able to see the amount of work that had to go on behind the scenes to make that competition, or even one of them, a reality and oof, yeah it's huge i can absolutely testify to the fact that these online competitions are incredibly difficult to run now th that being said i completely see your argument that being able to compete online at various different solo events and stuff is absolutely brilliant and it does prevent well present a opportunity for some folks that may not have ordinarily have been there. Uh, so, yeah, the ability to compete online against players from all around the globe absolutely is a stellar opportunity. And I think it is one that still does happen in some regards. The class competitions still have an online element. And bagpipe lessons still have their... Um, their 
what do you call it? I can't remember the name of it now. They're World Online Solos. They have that, like the August series, the summer series, spring series, all of that. Like all that still happens. Um, but yeah, the wealth of competitions that were around during the pandemic, absolutely, there was tons of them, and we were talking all about them at the time. But uh, yeah, they were all very short lived, and we can understand why. Uh, so. Yeah, it would take a very dedicated team of people to put together such a competition now, I reckon. Especially now when in-person competitions have now made a return. Uh, I, I just don't know. I just don't know if we will see the same amount of online competitions in future. Or whether anyone, I don't know, will change from going to from an in-person to online. Don't know. Uh, but it's an interesting question, Weekly Droner. And we would love to know your opinions out there, folks. Would you love to see more online competitions? Did you enjoy it over the course of the pandemic, competing online? and uh, You know, making that recording on your phone for like the 15th time. How many times can I play this 2-4 March before I go insane? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, the competitions themselves were difficult to run, and for the competitors themselves as well, there was a lot of pressure, and so many recordings were made, and the technical side of it too was a challenge, so yeah, it was one of those things that was of its time, will we see it return? Don't know, there are some little examples of it still out there, but, yeah, but you need to hunt them down to find them, I guess, but yeah, an interesting question, but will we ever see a Big Rab Show online competition uh, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Weekly Droner. All right, JD. Let's have the next one. It's the Weekly Drone. Missing out? Rabby dude, isn't it the worst when you can't fly out to a contest and your band goes with the minimum number of pipers and wins? Hashtag not a chill pipe band. <laughs> oh, Weekly Droner. I think that might be one that we've played before. I can't remember now. Uh, but yeah, it was sitting in our stockpile, so we played it anyway. It was a short one. But yeah, isn't that the fear? You know, absolutely. If you well find yourself in a position where you can't go to a competition that weekend, and then your band goes out and wins the thing, uh, can you still technically classify yourself as a champion when you didn't actually play in the band that won it? I don't know. I think you can, if I'm honest. Yeah, go on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's the fear. But I guess that's one of the motivating factors, you know, for folks not miss missing a band practice or not missing a competition. What if you miss that big moment, you know? If your band steps in the circle and lifts the big one and you weren't there. <sighs> Yikes, what a nightmare. Weekly Droner, you have my every sympathy there. Absolutely. I've experienced that myself, actually. There was one year I wasn't able to compete, I think. Um, yeah, I was one of the comp It was the Ulster Championships, and I wasn't able... I was sick that weekend, and I couldn't actually physically strap a drum onto myself and hit the grass. I was at home. It was not pretty, and yeah, that was even... I don't know. Before the days of the internet, I was reliant on phone calls that evening to find out how the band got on. And I got the phone call saying, Ah, oh, crab, we had a great day, you know. The sun was shining. We had two or three different ice creams. It was class. And oh, I, the band won, by the way. It was great. I was raging. 
It was pure raging. Anyway, there you go. That was in the days of dial-up, I think. That was in the early 90s. Yeah. But rest assured, next time I fell ill, I, I didn't care. I got that drum on me, and I still went, and I played. Anyway, so, so that was the last contest I missed, because I didn't want that to happen again. So there you go. You have my every sympathy there, Weekly Droner. I guess it happened to us all at some stage. There you go. All right, let's move on. Next Weekly Drone, then, JD. It's the Weekly Drum. Big Rab, I'm relatively new to the piping world and definitely still an outsider. But in my day job, I think a lot about systems and incentives and how they affect the world. Frankly, when I first heard how the scoring system works for pipe band competitions, I couldn't believe it. There's a reason basically no competitive sports other than golf and sailing use lowest points systems. The system incentivizes bands to cater to the least common denominator. The more bands in a competition, the stronger the incentive to please all the judges because one low score can tank your results. It's ridiculous that a band could score 1st, 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 and 10th, and they'd get less points than a band that scored straight thirds. Sailing at least directly acknowledges the problem and lets you drop your lowest score. There's lots of options for better systems. I'm a Highland Dancing scrutineer and there's a reason there are almost never serious gripes about high-level Highland Dancing results. Highland Dancing similarly scores based on placing, but placings are converted to points, so first place is worth 137 points, second is 91, third 71, etc. Most importantly, it tops out at six placings so there is no penalty for competing with a larger group of dancers. Everyone from 7th place down gets zero. In our previous example, the first band would have 411 points to the band with straight thirds having 284. Isn't that the system you want? One that rewards excellence? Even if you keep the negative points system, why not cap the low scores? Keep the point system for first through sixth, and then everyone seventh place and below gets a seven, and are still in the running if one judge doesn't like their performance. It would be one thing to have a system like this if the results were actually objective, like races, golf scores, or feats of strength. But piping is of course impacted by the preference of individuals. To some judges, rhythmic accuracy is most important, to others, tone, to some, embellishments, etc. It's just madness to have a system that allows one bad score overwhelm the positives. In addition, the piping world is small and rife with conflicts of interest. Of course, no piping judge is going to purposefully rank a former student higher or give a lower score to the band that always used to beat their beloved hometown band, but shouldn't you have a system that minimizes the ability of those potential conflicts to impact the results? 
rather than the current system that maximizes them? Anyways, apologies for the long rant. Feel free to excerpt this or not run it at all. But after the judging craziness of the worlds, I had to get my thoughts out there. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Oh, Weekly Droner, that's an interesting one. And it's been a bit of a topic of discussion now for this last while uh, in band halls all across. Uh, Yeah, the scoring system. And yeah, it's an interesting one. Comparing it to the sporting worlds, you know, with golf and everything and sailing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, But yeah, I just don't know what the correct approach is here. You do say that, you know, your method there that you were suggesting... Uh, does eliminate, you know, possible bias or favoritism and things like that. We did talk about that in our judging podcasts all those years ago. You can go back and listen to those. And whether that is actually a thing or not is debatable. I reckon it isn't. Um, But I, I take your point. Our system can be open to such a thing if it would ever exist. I dare say it doesn't exist. Uh, But, yeah, our scoring system is a confusing one. A band that can finish with first, 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 and a tenth can finish lower than a band that has straight thirds. Yeah, absolutely. And that has happened in the past as well. So, yeah, will we be looking at our scoring system again? Don't know. There has been murmurs behind the scenes, I guess, about, you know, is it time that we look at this uh, numbering system and our scoring system and possibly looking to see and removing any possible errors? Yeah, I reckon that's a fair argument to have. There's also been a suggestion, well, we've been shouting about it now in the Rab Show now for a couple of years, about possibly introducing more judges into the circle. Uh, For example, you have two piping judges, uh, one ensemble and one for drumming. There's been the argument now, well, why not have two drumming judges? And even if one of those judges is not a a full drumming judge, but a midsection uh, judge, for example. So you have your drumming judge and your midsection judge. You know, introducing another drumming judge into the equation could make it interesting, I reckon. So, yeah, two piping judges, an ensemble, and two drumming, perhaps. But it's also been, well kind of banded around, I guess, in van halls and discussions with people, is that why don't we have two piping, one drumming, but two ensemble judges? Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, that's a topic for another day right there. But yeah, the whole scoring system that we have currently, I remember the days... Oh, chickers, I'm sounding really old now in this week's pod, aren't I? But I do remember the days when you get so many scores for tone, you get so many scores for your introduction, and you get so many scores for... Uh, your breaks, and then your finishing, I think it was. Uh, yep, yeah, they were all broken down. You get so many marks out of was it 10 for tone, so many marks out of 20 for your introduction, something like that. And I'm talking about drumming scores here. And they were actually, you know, marked on the judging sheet. You know, they would have told you, oh, you were a 10 out of 10 for tone, you were singing today. Or, you know, then you had 15 out of 20, you kind of clipped that second row. You know, something like that, and the judge would have made a comment about it. I want to give you a 15 there because mm, that your rolls were a bit crushed or a bit pulsy or whatever. The, the, they would have said something why they would have docked you a score. So, uh, yeah, will we see adjustment to the scoring system? Don't know. It's been a topic for debate now in the piping scene for a long time. Uh, but very interesting thoughts there, actually. And some fair arguments, too, I would argue. So, 
I don't know. It's up for the judging panel, I guess. You know, their management board who make all these decisions and stuff and how they best see bands being judged in the circle. And, uh, yeah, will we see a, a revised points system? Don't know. It's been talked about for a while. Will we see more judges in the circle? Don't know. That's been talked about for a while also. Uh, yeah, each one has its challenges, that's for sure. And not every one of them is foolproof. You know, so that's one thing I also want to put out there as well. That as much as we're like kind of throwing ideas at the wind here, there's no one idea that is absolutely concrete and that, yeah, foolproof. So, yeah, that's a topic for discussion and we just discussed it. But if you do want us to tackle this in more in depth, I guess we could treat it as a full topic of the week right there. And you can email us in bigrabshow at gmail.com. There's a lot to unpack with that one. Thank you, Weekly Drummer. That's an interesting one. All right, let's get on to our next one then, JD. I think we're reaching the end now, slowly. Uh, But, yeah, let's hear the next one. It's the Weekly Drum. Where is the love? I know that this is normally the time of year where we jokingly call it the transfer season. Well, this transfer season is for sure in full flow. I have never heard or seen so many players hopping between bands. It's insane. You're reading most weeks now about another new appointment or another band recruiting. It's a sorry state of affairs in my book, and here's why. When I was competing in the 80s and 90s, you rarely saw players jump ship. In fact, most stayed loyal to their band and supported them through thick and thin. Prizes or no prizes. However, that's not the case today. So many players now run to other bands in the hope of glory. There is no indication of loyalty to their band, love for their bandmates, or ambition to grow what has been established. Rather, the decision nowadays appears Once September rolls around, run! It's very difficult for bands now to sustain a competitive outfit when players are playing musical chairs every winter. Pipe majors cannot stand in the way of player progression, as that would be counterproductive, but there has to be a line. When big bands get bigger and the smaller bands get poached, What can we do to instill loyalty, or at the very least, encourage player retention? That's me off my soapbox now. Thanks for listening. Ah, Weekly Droner. Yeah, we're going through some big topics here, aren't we? And player retention is absolutely a huge subject area, and especially at this time of year. That is affectionately called the transfer season. Now, myself, I have heard countless reports of people hopping from different bands in between different grades, geographical locations. There's so much movement happening right now as I'm recording this podcast. And uh, yeah, we get tons of reports to say, oh, this player's moved, that player's moved, this drum core has moved, this pipe core have moved. Uh, yeah, we are seeing huge movements of players this season. We don't know exactly the reasons behind it, um, but it's happening. 
And yeah, fair play to our weekly donor there. Absolutely. I have to agree that this has definitely been the case this season where we are seeing very little in the way of band loyalty. Where a lot of players are deciding, well, hi, I have got a great opportunity to go and play elsewhere. See you later. And uh, yeah, there is absolutely a great argument for that player, uh, whoever they are, to go and make that jump. Absolutely. Uh, For example, if you're playing in a band in Grade 4A, and you suddenly get the opportunity to go and play with Field Marshal in Grade 1. And you know, if Richard Park's knocking on your door going, Hey, come on and play for me, big lad, come on. Are you really going to say no? Like, seriously? And then if you're that band's pipe major, you're also going to say, Ah, Jimmy, you can't go and play with Richard Parks. Ah, you sit there. Uh, No, you're playing grade 4A next season. No, of course that's not going to happen. You know, if if you are that player and you have the opportunity to go and play in your ideal pipe band at the top flight, absolutely you're going to grab it with both hands, you know. And we've seen it countless times. We've seen loads of players from lower grade pipe bands get that opportunity to play on the top flight and they jump at it with both hands. Absolutely. And yeah, I would encourage any player to do just that. Yeah, but I know it does fly in the face of what we're talking about, player retention. Now, we do say that if you're good enough to go and play in your bog halls, your Scottish pars, your St. Lawrence's, should you stay in your band and try and bring the rest of the band with you? You know what I mean? Yeah, there is that argument. But what we have also seen in recent years, I have to say this, especially post-pandemic, we are starting to see a lot of our grade one big gun players helping out in the lower grade bands. A lot of them are incredibly heavily involved in tuition and helping bring along their home band on the circle. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of grade one guys do that now. And that was not necessarily the case maybe four or five years ago. Uh, but definitely now we're starting to see a lot of evidence of that, especially for drummers. I don't know what it is with drummers, but there's tons of uh, grade one drummers are helping out the lower grade bands at the moment. I've seen, especially at the World Championships, there was a lot of setup being done. There was a lot of tuning and stuff and a lot of little helps and you know hints along the way. So oh, maybe if you know stand a little bit this way, that way tons of help from grade one big guns i have to say so full credit to everyone there Uh, but yeah in a way that is player retention because they are still looking back at the bands that, that they came from and trying to help out where they can but are they filling the ranks in those bands no they're not they're playing for the grade one big gun yeah marching in in that grade one arena so it's a double edged sword we are starting to see serious amount of movement happening and clearly that weekly droner has experienced that in their own band i'm not entirely sure what their situation is they didn't mention it there or who this person is we don't know Uh, but obviously there has been players move from their band to somewhere else and yeah player loyalty does come into it i guess and it's kind of one of those things that if you are one of those players and you get the opportunity to go and play in grade two grade one you know, are are you really going to turn it down? Or is your loyalty to your bandmates and where you're playing at the moment, maybe you've been there for two or three seasons even, and you, you just don't want to go because of what you've already built there. Perhaps the band is starting to get ahead of steam now and perhaps could be heading to win some prizes next season. Do you want to be there with them? 
or do you want to grab that opportunity and go and play in that grade one band? It's very difficult, I have to say. Being a player myself uh, back in the day, and I remember getting that phone call, it is very difficult to say yay or nay right there or then. It's so difficult. So for all of you grade one bands listening right now, do recognize the impact that you have on some of the lower grade bands, you know, for sure. It is hard to get perspective sometimes, you know, when you're playing in that top flight and so focused on winning those prizes. Uh, but, yeah, it's difficult to kind of look at other grade bands and kind of think, well, okay, I used to play in grade 3A for like five years. And then, you know, have you ever looked back at grade 3A and maybe thought, nah, I might be able to help there, you know? Or the other way around. If you are a grade 3B band or 3A band for that matter, and a player suddenly decides, hey, I've got a chance to go and play at the top flight. Are you really going to stand in that player's way and say, nope, sit there. You're sitting there, not moving. Uh, You're sticking with us. Uh, You're saying no to that opportunity. It's a very difficult question, isn't it? Player retention. That's a huge topic all in its own. How do bands encourage player retention? Or, yeah, how do bands move forward when members leave? Yeah, to take on other opportunities. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm always talking about, well, players jumping up the ways. All right? There are occasions where players jump down the ways too. Sometimes they want to chill out for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have seen many grade one bands losing players to lower grade bands. Believe it or not, it does happen. Uh, because the players basically can't hack it and just have had enough of grade one. Is it right? Come on. I have had enough of this. Three nights a week, thumping out two medleys, two MSRs. Nah, come on. I want to take the foot off the gas for a bit and I want to enjoy my playing. And perhaps just taking a step back and playing in 3B, 4B, whatever it takes. Taking that step back, that happens. Believe it or not, it does. So it does work both ways. Grade 1 bands also have a player retention problem as well. It's a difficult one. There you are. So, yeah, lots to unpack there. And that's another possible future topic of the week. Again, would love to know your opinions on it, folks. BigRabShow at gmail.com. See, with these weekly drones, sometimes we can hit some big topics here. You know, that's why we love this feature, by the way. So, yeah, get your own Big Rab Show weekly drone into us. And, uh, yeah, we can feature it here on the show. Indeed. All right. You may be relieved to know at this point we're about to head into our last weekly drone. But again, before I do, I have to give a huge shout out to JD. JD, Ingram, Ingram, JD, you're an absolute legend. Thank you for producing all of these. There were so many of them sitting on the shelf, and this has been months worth of work on JD's front uh, behalf. So thank you to JD for producing all of these. Uh, so also, uh, yeah, shout out to all of you who've sent them in. There's so many of them, and yeah. There have been some that have hit the cutting room floor to kind of shorten down this week's episode. Otherwise, I would be here for even longer. Right. Let's get into the final one then and we'll address it and then we'll wrap things up. So, JD, what's our last weekly drone, man? It's the weekly drone. Rab, I'd love to know your take on the piping podcasting scene right now. When you first started the Big Rab show... I'm sure that there weren't many shows doing what you're doing, but now we are spoilt for choice. Many podcasts and shows have come and gone over the years, but yours appears to have stood the test of time. What makes your show different? With so many other piping podcasts out there now, 
why should people bother to continue listening to you? Anyways, thought I'd ask the question and see what happens. I'm sure you'll maybe ignore this question, but I'd really like to know your thoughts. If JD is going to read this, I'd love to hear JD say the following. If a dog chews shoes, whose shoes does he choose? Betty bought butter, but the butter was bitter, so Betty bought better butter to make the bitter butter better. Sorry, JD. Thought a couple wee tongue twisters would be fun. Rab show rules. Peace and love. Fair play, JD. That was the weekly drone I was talking about there, where they were putting him to the test. <laughs> Love that. A couple of tongue twisters. Yeah, if anybody else has a challenge out there for JD, send it in. That was fun, actually. Betty bought butter. Yeah, fair play. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, what makes our podcast different? Why are we still here and others aren't? Uh, to answer your question, stubbornness. <laughs> Uh, pure stubbornness, I think. Uh, no, all seriousness aside, uh, it's through the support of you guys. The listening folk who tune in each week uh, and every week, I have to say. And also to our sponsors as well. You know, the G1 Reads, to Wallace Bagpipes, to British Drum Co, Dojo, McClellan, all of Come on, I'm going to give them all a shout again. But absolutely, without all of their support, this show would not be possible. And we would not be able to continue... Keeping the wheels turning, I guess. And all of us here in the Rab Show team, we do put in a wealth of work to make this show possible. That uh, doesn't just magically happen. Uh, so, yeah, it's good that that's recognized. So thank you, Weekly Droner. As to why people should continue to listen to us, um, there's a good question. Don't know. Uh, but, yeah, but we are piping fans ourselves. We love this music, honestly. We love the music and its people. I know it sounds dead cheesy, but it's honest to goodness the truth. Uh, yeah, we love the scene, we love the people, and we love chatting all about it every week. In fact, sometimes there's weeks we just can't wait to sit in here and get this recorded for you. Uh, so, yeah, I think that comes across. You know, we love the scene that it's in, and yeah, we want to try and reflect that as best as possible. So, it's a fan, it's a fan-made show, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's the reason why you should keep listening. Because, um, yeah, we've got some great content lined up over, well, the rest of the next two, three months and into next year. We've got some big shows lined up. And uh, aye, we have a lot to unpack in future. And I'm not going to spoil it, but, yeah, suffice to say, ourselves and the Big Rab Show team, all of us, yeah, we do put in a wealth of work to make this show possible. Now, you did mention about other podcasts that have come and go over the years. And, yeah, that's absolutely been the case. In fact, the the podcast that kind of gave me my start in the podcasting world uh, is no longer in existence. I think they did try to make a bit of a comeback briefly, uh, but it lasted for one episode. And that was The Beer Tent. Yeah, does anybody remember The Beer Tent podcast? Yeah, I affectionately remember it. It's such a good show back then. Uh, so, yeah, I actually used to send in, like, on-the-ground reports to them. That's what kind of started me in this podcasting thing. Uh, so, yeah, I used to do, like, on-the-ground reports just to take a recorder with me and do interviews and stuff. And I used to send it in to the guys at the Beer Tent Pod uh, just because I was a fan, you know. And I thought that if I wanted to hear that content, then, you know, I would tune in. So, yeah, the Beer Tent Podcast, sadly, no longer in existence. 
and other pods as well. Uh, you know, like the Grace Note Vortex, unfortunately, hasn't been back in a long time. Mentioned them earlier, that up to the line. What an incredible pod that was. Some real stellar interviews there. And I have to say, if you were supporting them on Patreon as well, some great Patreon content there too from the Up to the Line guys. Uh, so also in um, more recent times, I guess, Chander Rant. Uh, yeah, Chander Rant, if their kind of output has really slowed down this last while. I'm not entirely sure the reason behind it, what's going on with Josh and Andy. Uh, but their output used to be weekly. Used to be, I couldn't wait to tune into Chandler Rant each week, but now their output has certainly slowed down. I'm not sure what's happening there. Uh, but yeah, much love to the Chandler Rant guys. Uh, hoping they can get back on the bicycle soon and start pedaling again. And yeah, start churning out the episodes, lads. Uh, but yeah, you know, other pods include the premiere bagpiping podcast, the Pod Band Pipecast. Uh, they haven't been on the scene now for a long time, they've completely disappeared. I'm not sure where they are. Uh, if anyone sees them or is aware of them, please tell them that we're asking about them. But yes, the pod band Pipecast no longer in existence. However, we are treated some, to some new podcasts. Well, they're not new now at this point, uh, but we do have Droning On. Yeah, Droning On. I love that pod, by the way. Yeah, some real stellar uh, conversations on there. Also, the Pipers Dojo themselves, uh, Andrew Douglas and that, they have another podcast on the go as well, where him and Jim uh, from Droning On sit and have a chat about things like bagpipe tuning and stuff. That was their most recent one, actually. I had a listen to that today. Quite a good one. Uh, But, yeah, other pods as well include the one from Gary West, you know, Enjoy Your Piping. We had Gary on the show here, of course, talking all about the launch of the new podcast, and it's really entertaining. Tons of great music on there. There as well, and uh, yeah, stellar podcast. So go and have a listen to that. Gary West, of course, is the voice of pipe bands from BBC Radio Scotland. He will always be my voice of pipe bands, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, tons of great entertainment there. So enjoy your piping. Go and check out that podcast for sure. But uh, yeah, to your point, yeah, whenever we started doing this big rab show thing, there wasn't that many around in the scene at all doing pipe band podcasting and. Yeah, I I don't know if we blazed a trail or anything like that, and nothing quite as grand as that. But yeah, we were doing our show on Fuse FM, and people were missing it, and that was the only reason we started the podcast. Uh, you know, so people could download it and catch up on the news each week. And then little did we know that all the way back then, at episode one, will our show now be sitting here with over three hundred and fifty plus episodes at this stage? Three, five, four, boys. Unbelievable. Yeah, so I honestly didn't expect us to be running for this long. Uh, But here we are. We're still going and showing no signs of slowing down either. Uh, But that is 100% through your support here. Uh, All of you folks that are listening to my voice right now, you guys absolutely have kept us afloat. And thank you all so much for all of your help and support over the years. And uh, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this week's topic of the week, which has been Quite a lengthy one, uh, but we hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a lot of great commentary there, you know, from talking about the announcements at competitions uh, to a grade one pipe band in England. That's still got my head scratching. Uh, to parking at the Worlds, to player retention, and also to a possible new scoring system as well, suggestion. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. So, right, I'm going to throw the door open to you folks out there right now. Go to thebigrabshow.com, big button right at the top of the page, Weekly Drone. Send us in your own Weekly Drone. And yeah, we'll bring back our usual weekly feature uh, with JD. And we'll go into one of these each and every week. There you are. Okay, 
That's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Another one is in the can. Thank you everyone for downloading this week. And each and every week, don't forget to tell your mates about our wee show, about what we're doing over here, blathering away about piping and drumming each and every week. And yes, like every other podcast out there, we do have a Patreon where you can go and click on support and get your hands on all of that extra stuff. And there's loads of it back there. So yeah, treat yourself. (laughs) Yeah, and of course, we will be back again next week for another Big Rab Show pod where we will have quite an interesting topic of the week for you. We have no doubt. Um... Not going to spoil it, but yeah, next week's is a good one. All right. And just to remind you as well that the voting for the Big Rab Show Awards closes on November 4th. So you do have a little bit of time, not much. November 4th, the Big Rab Show Awards voting closes. So, yes, that all being said, that's it for another Big Rab Show. Good luck to everyone competing at this weekend's Glenfiddich. No doubt we'll be talking about that on next week's pod for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'll be tuning in and watching the entire thing. Start to end, maybe a couple of times. Looking forward to it. All right, that's me. I'm out the door. Special thanks to JD this week and to everyone at the Big Rab Show team who are furiously working behind the scenes. Uh, Yeah, keeping the wheels turning here. Shout out to all of you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you. All right. That's it for another episode of the Big Rab Show podcast. We'll see you back here again next week for even more bagpiping shenanigans. Until then, all the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thank you to our sponsor, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, they are the champion's choice. Check out g1reads.com for all of your piping needs. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com to be kept up to date with all of the latest news and views from around the piping world. And also, check us out on Patreon. For five bucks a month, you can get your hands on tons of extra piping goodness and be a part of the Patreon faithful. So, until next week, folks, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best. Oh,